What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Scales and Tales. Today, I am joined by the uh, the world-renowned swimbait review expert, Jason Carroll. Um, he, how long ago did you start uh, start reviewing swimbaits for kind of the general public to see? Yeah, sure. Well, I'll... I'll uh... I'll stop you right at the intro. World uh, world famous is maybe a little much. Uh, I just kind of do my thing. And, uh, you know, the Swimbait Reviews channel was just kind of a fluke, man. It, there was no real rhyme or reason behind why it started. It just was one of those things where a buddy of mine asked me, uh, you know, how a certain bait swam. And I figured, hell, I'll just run down to the dock and, uh, you know, shoot some video and send it along to him. And, he said, hey, this looks great. I appreciate it. And also, maybe you should do this more often. And uh, that's kind of what started Swimbait Reviews. And I guess that was now uh, maybe two years ago. I- I'd have to look back, but uh, it hasn't been too long. I think two years, and I'm up to maybe 90-something videos. So. Yeah, I was about to say, I just looked on the Instagram, and it was 96 videos. And um, that's that's 96 more videos on baits that I think uh, – kind of get the love like you can go on youtube and type in uh drt xyz swim video or uh hinkle trout or depths 250 or stuff but you kind of you kind of take you take it one step further and you you take all these garage built baits and i think that's something that a lot of people um kind of take that for granted that they can go on here and watch your videos because before like I would go and try to find a swim bait and I'd be like, oh, like this, this bait looks badass. I'd buy it and I'd be like, oh my gosh, like this is the complete opposite of what I wanted. Yeah, you know, I completely agree with you. And, you know, realistically, I was one of those guys too. You know, I mean, everybody that enters the swim bait world is that person that yeah, goes yeah. out and, and wants to buy, you know, 15, 20, 25 baits. And, and real, you know, to be honest, they're not cheap. You know, it's it's not like you go to go to dicks and you pick up your ten dollar jerk bait and throw it and you like it or not and it's 10 bucks you know and granted yeah. 10 bucks is even a lot of money for some people you know i get that um you know we're talking hundred dollar 150 dollar baits that you're buying on a whim you know you really have no no real idea of what you're getting and uh you know granted some some swim bait makers are are pretty good at putting out different swim videos and that kind of thing and, and there's some folks in the past that have done kind of one-off videos here and there and and that's great um you know, really my goal was to try to start building a, a library, if you will, where you can go to, you know, one central location and you're going to be able to pull up bait X, Y, and Z and see what it, what it does, what it looks like. And you know what, maybe that bait is for you and maybe that bait isn't for you, but at least, uh, you know, you kind of have an understanding of what you're buying before you, you drop that chunk of change. So, you know, again, we were, we were all that person once and, and yeah. I, mean, I spent thousands and thousands of dollars buying random swim baits that I had no clue what they were and how they swam. And, uh, you know, so if, if it can help somebody out, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Uh, you know, I definitely get a kick out of that. And frankly, I get a lot of PMs from folks saying, Hey, you know, thanks for the video, checked it out. You know, that's what caused me to buy bait X. Um, you know, that's not really my intention, but, uh, it kind of has been an outcome that's been pretty cool. Right. Um, yeah, like when I first started, so like uh early, early twenty nineteen, late twenty eighteen, like 
I, I got a gantrell, caught a bunch of fish on it. I'm like, man. And then just like, um, my eyes got bigger than my wall. Like in a week span, I bought a Hinkle trout, um, a DRT ghost, a depths 250. And I just had all these baits showing up. And at the point, like in, at that point in time, I didn't even have a rod to fish it on. Like I had a Hinkle trout and I was fishing on like a one to eight ounce rod. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I need to, I need to take a step back research these baits before i buy them to make sure it's something i'm even gonna like and make sure mm-hmm. i have like the proper stuff to fish this stuff and not just let it sit on my wall and uh i think like i said if if there would have been a page like yours uh three four years ago i think i think like you said a lot of people would have saved a lot of money that first got into it but even now like there's i mean swimbait universe has grown how many thousands of followers in the last like couple months and like you said, having a library like that, that they can look at and uh, and find out that these baits chop glide like have a choppy glide to it, have a big wide like search glide. Like I think you're doing a lot of people justice for doing this sort of thing. Well, you know, certainly I uh, I appreciate the kind words and uh, you know again uh, when I when I get that kind of feedback that uh, is super rewarding for me and uh, you know I I certainly enjoy to help folks out when I can and and you know they're frankly, is a selfish aspect to it as well. It, it gives me a really good excuse to go out and buy all right, these boots yeah. and mess around with them and test them and see how they swim. And, and you know, kind of a nice thing with the swim weight world is, yes, it is a big investment to buy a bait, but, you know, you get a bait, it's not for you, it's not fitting your your you know, style of fishing. Okay, you turn around and you sell it again for relatively what you paid for it. So, yeah. you know, for me, it gives me that fun excuse to buy the latest and greatest and coolest and see what it's like and get some video and then if i like it cool and if i don't then it goes along as somebody else to fish it so so what was the uh, first bait you had that your friend inquired inquired about uh, getting a swim video for him what kind of got yeah, the ball so rolling here i'll take i'll take you a step back further than that the first review i ever did was actually on the flag 170 um i can't even remember the name of the maker it's a it's a jdm bait that soft bait uh, it's a kind of just like a two-piece. Well, not really a two-piece. It's a one one piece with a hinge, soft bait. And I had seen that there was just a lot of folks that were, you know, asking questions about it, wondering about it. And again, this is probably two years ago, two and a half years ago. Um, and I was, for whatever reason, I was able to get one of the first ones that came over to the U.S. And so I just wrote a review. You know, I just wrote something up. It was probably I don't know eight paragraphs, ten paragraphs long. And it got a lot of feedback and response. So that was kind of my mm-hmm. first quote unquote review. Um, the one that I made for my buddy was a 316. I think it was a it was a gizzard chat, if I recall. It was a low flow gizzard chat. Or I'm sorry, a heavy flow gizzard chat. And then I think the first one that actually is up on my page is a is a Piz Drift, an uh, oyster Piz Drift that I did pretty early on as well. Yeah. Um like I said, like how you said yours, your profile is kind of even now becoming a library. I went, I scrolled through there, I think like a week or two ago after I hit you up about this and, um, that allude, what was it? The FC, FS oh, yeah, or F- whatever it is. Yeah. the FCS yeah. FCS yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I've seen those baits, but I never really was like, Hey, that's something I want to fish. And I watched your swim video and I was like, Holy piss. Like I, that's a bait I want. Like I, I see him swimming it, how I would fish it. Like, I need that thing. And then there's baits that I see on there that I've been thinking about getting for the past year. And I I'm seeing, I'm like, Oh, like I, there, there's something else out there better for my money relative than just buying that bait just because I want it that bad. 
Yeah, that, that SCF one's a cool little bait. Um, I know that you're kind of around Smalley Waters, and, and really that's why that bait was created. It was a collaboration yeah. with uh, some folks up in Canada, and yep. it really was just made as a twitch bait for for Smalley's roaming around, you know, shallow flats, that kind of thing. And, you know, certainly there's a huge application for it. Uh, where I fish, I fish mostly spotted bass lakes, and uh, especially this time of year, we're fishing real shallow, and a lot of guys are throwing a, a fluke, you know, a super fluke. And uh, that SCF one kind of almost sort of imitates that action and a little bit bigger profile. But anyway, yeah, it's it's a cool bait. I, I uh, have enjoyed that one along with, you know, thousands of other baits that, that I've yeah, messed right. with. And, and uh, yeah, the small the smallmouth are cool. Have you really gotten into a, a smallmouth swim bait bike? Um, yeah, so actually my first year when I, when I kind of went on that bench and bought a bunch of baits, I caught two or three on the Depths 250. I had a cotton candy uh jdm like cotton candy pink and come to find out actually that one's not even i guess butch called it like a shutter slide it's not really a slide swimmer it's it's got a it's got a ball bearing in the middle of it like not the usual ball bearing there's one like in the front half of the bait and apparently it gives it some different kind of sink rate or whatever but yeah yeah um i caught caught, like uh, that one's called a shutterfall um yeah that's what it is okay yeah, so they've they've got that big ball bearing, and and the reason that they were made, as far as I'm aware, is they they were made for fishing deep structure, uh, um, and the way that they fall, they they kind of shimmy side to side, almost like a almost yeah. like a senko would fall. Yeah, because that's, that's not, what I figured it was. It was like yeah, that counterweight sure. to get it to shimmy like a senko. <clears throat> yep. So and, I think that the Japanese guys were were fishing them, you know, again, real deep around structure and uh, fishing them pretty slow and and uh, getting a lot of bites. I think on the fall. Um, I'm certainly yeah. not an expert on, on that particular bait, but uh, I have come across those, you know, once or twice before. And that, I mean, I didn't know that until today. There was a guy out in Europe that posted a picture and he's like, what's this ball bearing in here? And I tagged the guy who now owns that 250 that I sold him. I was like, is there, like, can you confirm? I was like, I can't remember. It's been like a year or two since I've had it. I was like, but is there a ball bearing in there? He's like, yeah. And he explained it, how Butch explained it to him. And I was like, oh, and going back to the Smalley question, I've probably caught like two or three smallmouth and then just a crap load of largemouth on that 250 and uh it, it may just be b because it is a 250 but i fish back at home um before i moved i fished a lot of structure like a lot of uh boat boat docks probably like 20 feet down floating docks and everything and now now what i learned today i wonder if it wasn't because that shimmy because i'd have fish come up and eat it on the drop and like i was just like I, I this i always just thought it was a regular 250 so i never thought anything of it but hearing that today i'm like oh like maybe i shouldn't have got rid of that bait because like it's kind of special <laughs> well just like anything else you'll have another opportunity i'm sure to oh, yeah. come across yeah. one of them and we'll, i'll keep an eye out as well i i tend to be able to find some of these baits so i'll keep an eye out and uh are you partial to that pink for the smallies um honestly i got it because a guy in canada was selling it and he's like i didn't catch anything on it and i'm like Okay, he's from Canada. It's a pink bait. It's got to catch smallmouth. I like that's when I hardly knew anything about two fifties. Like, I had talked to Butch before, and he helped me tune a one seventy five. But I was like, like, oh, this thing is gonna whack the smallies, and I got it, and I was like, oh my gosh, this thing's freaking huge. But uh, probably about three weeks into having it, I caught my first largemouth, and then about a week or two later, I was on a little smallmouth bite, and then just kind of when I did fish, I'd catch largemouth on it every few days. And I mean, it's a good bait. I really liked it. Um. But uh, I don't know. It would just kind of, I guess this could go for anybody. The 250, uh, it's it's a drawing bait for sure. For anybody, for any fish that really haven't seen a bait 
or like a swim bait, I should say. There, it just says a, it's a wolf pack bait, and that kind of discouraged me from it. And I was like, I don't want this thing. Like they're following it, but they're not eating it. That's not that's not what I want. So I ended up selling it, and then uh, come to find out, I'm like, well, you can you can turn those followers into eaters. It just takes a little bit, but I have two more two more two fifties now, so I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> yeah, it, t- it tends to be uh, one of my favorites as well. I, I can almost guarantee if if I'm going out fishing you know, take the boat out and uh, fish some of the bigger lakes around here. Uh, I've got a 250 tied on. It's just such a versatile bait. Uh, but you made you made one point that I think is is really important and, and I think is super, super cool. Uh, is that you mentioned that you just randomly had a chat with Butch Brown. Like, <laughs> how, yeah. how awesome is that? Just, you know, how accessible that that guy is. I mean, he's, he's you know, world famous, quite literally. Yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah. In the fishing world. I mean, a huge, huge name. Uh, you know, all the accolades, all the catches, all the videos. And, right. you know, you can just call him and say, hey, Butch, can you, can you give me a hand on this on this yeah. uh, 250 or 175? I mean, I just, it blows my mind every time I hear that just because he's such a humble, you know, kind of cool guy. So Yeah, exactly. I uh, I posted on, it, it must have been Badlands because this was like when I first got into it and I was in Badlands for about a year. And I posted on him like, hey, I just got this depths 175. Like, I don't think it swims like I should. And he was like the fourth person to comment on it. And he's like, Hey, I shot you a PM. And I look at it. He's like, Hey, my name's Butch Brown. He's like, here's my number. Call me, call me Monday. I'm I'm off the coast fishing for my birthday or something. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Like he, he must be like, a big deal. And I, I went on YouTube and I punched in his name. I'm like, Holy piss. I'm like, yeah, he must, uh, he must be decent at what he does. And so, he helped me tune it over the phone, made sure I had weights where I needed to, and it ended up swimming pretty decently, but I was just like, ah, I mean, I, that was kind of when I was really new into it, and I, I didn't really know what a glide bait was and kind of how, how good they could fish for me, and I was like, I don't really want this thing, because I, I think I traded it for a bullshit or something at the time. Yeah, I've, I've had uh, more than a few baits that, that I've sent to Butch for tuning. He Normally, he does that hybrid tune, which is kind of just yeah, a slow yeah. swing, horizontal fall. You know, pretty wide glide. You know, turns it into a very, very versatile bait, and uh, especially on, on the new style ones, on the ABS ones, they tend to out of the package uh, nose up a little bit, and yep, that yeah. that hybrid tune. I mean, it just makes those those things fish so flat, so level. Um, you know, really does uh, changes that bait. Um, what am I gonna say? Oh, going off that kind of the two fifty rambler. You said you always fish it, so. Where you're located, you're in North Carolina, right? For anybody who doesn't know. Yeah, I, I kind of split time between Western North Carolina and South Carolina. Um, I live during the week. I, I work and I live up uh, just kind of southwest of Asheville, North Carolina. And then a lot of weekends I'm down in South Carolina where my folks live. And uh, so we're kind of surrounded by some some pretty good sneaky waters. Um, I moved down here in, let's see, it was 2017. and started started read it up you know about a lot of the reservoirs in this area and, yeah. and uh you know these lakes when you read about them they sound like california lakes they sound like california mountain lakes they're highland reservoirs ultra deep ultra clear you know slam full of trout and right. uh so it was an eye-opening experience when i moved down here and that's really what what really got me into you know heavy throwing swim baits was knowing that that you know i could apply some of the things that guys had figured out in, in california to my yeah. waters and uh you know the 250 kind of you know fall, falls right into place there and 
but yeah it's it's been cool fishing in this area it's tough it's 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 different fishing uh than what i'm used to but uh i'm kind of slowly putting the pieces together yeah so uh kind of when you go out to fish you're fishing the 250 and stuff do your fish um do they react better to like a big wide searching glide like you get with a 250 uh or like a wild beat or or do you fish more choppy glides like the uh be the kgb or i'm trying to think uh or like yeah i guess i can't think of a bait off the top of my head but do you fish primarily choppy glides or do you kind of throw those big wide glide baits yeah i i, I tend to throw the wide glides um yep. for, for me well i'll take it back i do a little bit of both um and, and i'm definitely not the the expert when it comes to you know putting numbers of fish in the boat right that's yeah I'm uh, I'm probably not the right person to talk about it. I I could tell you, you know, about every single bait in the world and how it swims. Uh, right. But when when it comes to the application, I'm still a student in that realm. And yeah. Uh, but with that being said, yeah, I, I tend to fish the wide glides. Um, our water, like I said, is, is super deep and super clear. And so I'm looking for kind of the most drawing power that I can get. And mm-hmm. sometimes these fish are traveling, you know, from 20 or 30 feet on the bottom you know, all the way up to, to the surface to find a bait. So I've found that for the most part, I stick to the wide glide kind of bait. Um, really the one that I fish, uh, I mean, I fish the 250 quite a bit. Um, I fish the BGC9 quite a bit as well. Again, a, a real wide, I hate to call that bait lazy because it's not, but, you know, that <laughs> wide sweeping kind of action bait is something right, that, I, yep. that I like to throw in. And also, you know, when you're not getting bit, it's at least cool to watch. <laughs> and yeah, you watch yeah. it, and you, and you can really get in tune with that bait and figure out exactly what makes it tick and, and how I can make it do certain things. So, you know, a lot of times I'm fishing, but I'm also practicing my retrieves and working on, you know, getting the bait to do certain things so that when I am in a situation where I've got a follower and, and I know that I need to do a certain input or a certain chop or a certain turn, you know, I, I'm I'm dialed, I'm ready, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, um, I'm, there is a common place, so we, we have a lot of wood cover, um, so yep. I am fishing a, a tighter, what I call a cover glide, you know, something that really is more of a turn and flash than a, than a glide, so yeah, you know, yep. something like a, an HPH, for instance, is a good example of that, but also I, I fish a lot of topwater stuff, uh, so I'm, I'm kind of glad, I'm glad that you described the water you fish, like that 20-foot kind of clear water, because that that's exactly what I fished up at home, and uh, why I don't know what it was. Uh, so I I fish Lake Michigan mainly, and there's the lake that connects to Lake Michigan. And in the lake, they would come up and they'd look at uh, a hinkle trout or a depths two fifty, and sometimes you get the occasional biter. But um, once you once you threw a quick twitch, like we're fishing a glide bait, like a jerk bait, that's when that's when you knew you were gonna get bit. Um, lake Michigan pier heads have riprap on them. They're about 20 feet deep and just absolutely clear water. And uh, you could fish the fish everything taxi trout like a jerk bait. And I mean, it has the worst looking swim to it. It's nosing up out of the water. It's diving down. It's it's not even gliding half the time. And uh, you can do that with any bait. I was doing that with the shortcake uh, two years ago in the fall. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it looks like a trout trying to get out of the water or what, but those fish absolutely lose their mind over those quick glide baits. And, uh, I, I don't know if it's because they come up and look at those wide glide baits that are just slow and they just, they know something's up or what, but I've never had luck with a wide glide. So kind of hearing 
hearing that that's kind of what you do a lot of your damage on makes me wonder if there's something I'm not doing quite right or if my fish are just completely different, which is obviously very possible too. Sure, yeah. So to to your first point about that kind of like fleeing action is kind of what I call it on the surface where yeah, you yeah. Know, the bait's almost jumping out of the water. You know, yeah, exactly. we, we talked about the, the ABS 250 and how a lot of those nose up. I was actually, I can't remember if I was reading or heard a podcast or, or something, uh, but somebody was explaining that that's an intentional action and that a lot of Japanese baits and a lot of Japanese swim baits are created with that fleeing action in mind. And so that they're going to nose up to the surface and almost want to jump out of the water. Um, and they found that for whatever reason that that's a trigger, you know, I, I, I would assume maybe the bass thinks that the bait is going to get away. You know, they've got yeah. to have to make that reaction right now. I've got to eat it or it's going to be gone. You know, so right. I think that's maybe part of it. Um, but yeah, you know, I kind of, oh, you go, uh, you know, clear water is, is a, is a really cool thing in, in that it can be very, very intimidating at first. But um, it, it also allows you to learn the baits so easily. It's yeah, instant, yeah. Instant response. See what the bait's doing. See how the fish react to the bait. You know, what you can surface. You can see how the fish approaches a bait. You know, and if you kind of pick up on those little things, you know, that's when I think you really start to be able to trigger those bites a little bit more than, you know, just going out and slinging a 250 and, you know, darting it back and forth four feet at a time. Right. I kind of I kind of took those those glides coming out of the water almost as um that's just another that's a spot for those bass to pin those quote unquote bait up up against like a a wall I guess is kind of the reference I would use because if if that fish hits that or if that bass hits that bait up in the air it's it's going to come back down and they're going to be able to pin it up against something and that's just I kind of feel like they use that to their advantage that if they hit and stun this fish that's sitting on the surface, it's got to come back down and they just wait for it. And a lot of time, that's what those bass do. They, um, I won't say they don't come up and eat it cause they do, but it, it usually doesn't look like they're coming up to intentionally hit it. Like it looks like they're definitely trying to strike it and it come back down. But I mean, usually, usually when that happens, you know, they're going to bite. Like you can tell when a follower is gonna eat before it gets to the boat. And it's like you said, it's the craziest thing ever to see. Um, I've kind of had a lot of friends and stuff say like, oh, I couldn't imagine fishing clear water. Like that must be terrible. And it's like, that's what I fished for the last seven years I've been fishing. And it's like, I don't know if I walked up to like a muddy bank on a river or just another lake, like, I don't know what I would do. I, I've relied so much on being able to see how these fish react that uh, the thought of dirty water just kind of makes me slouch back in my chair, not really interested. <laughs> Yeah, I just I just don't even think I would have confidence throwing a swim bait in dirty water. I mean, I, yep, exactly. I uh, you know, my background is is similar to yours in that I grew up uh, up in upstate New York, uh, up on Lake Ontario, and so all my fishing, yep. you know, growing up was Thousand Islands, uh, you know, obviously Lake Ontario, a little bit of Erie, which has a little more color to it, and then all the Finger Lakes, which are crystal crystal clear. So, you know, the the clear water doesn't intimidate me. Uh, just as much as somebody that grew up fishing muddy water be intimidated by our water, you know, so uh, different strokes for different folks, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you recently caught your PB for anybody who hasn't seen that already. Um, you caught that on the Roman made negotiator, right? Yeah. Yeah. Funny. Just, a. I think I kind of explained it in the post that I made, but I, I shoot a lot of videos and, and I don't really know exactly when I'm going to have, 
time to shoot them, you know, and right. because I need I need to have sunny weather, no wind, um, a high sky, you know, for the baits to actually show up on video. And so I always have two rods in the back of my truck and, and a box of baits that, I, that I'm going to review. And uh, I got to the lake and it was a little windy. I knew I wasn't going to be able to shoot, but I've got this box of baits. And so the negotiator happened to be the first one on top of the on top of the pile and uh, I, i've fished you know i've fished that bait for a couple of years um, i just haven't made video of it um, so i'm familiar with the bait um, but never you know really caught anything bigger than two or three pounds on it and uh, you know it's to be frank with you kind of a finicky bait it's it's yeah. uh it's not a super versatile bait you can't sit there and chop on the bait you can't you know it's very easy to overfish um because it's not a super stable bait but where it does well is kind of colder water pre-spawn you're fishing it slow and lazy around cover and uh anyway so our fish are kind of in that eh, mid pre-spawn kind of mode where the, mm -hmm. they're the females are up they're kind of feeding they're full of eggs and uh yeah i made just a real short short cast maybe i don't know 15 20 yards away from me and there's a there's a floating dock sitting out in the middle of the lake and uh I just real slow worked that negotiator through that dock, just a floating dock. And uh, I saw her come out behind the bait and she was doing that, like just super lazy. I'm not interested. I'm not going to eat. I'm just following this thing. Cause I feel like following it and driving you crazy. Right. And uh, <laughs> so she got about, I don't know, 10 yard or 10 feet beyond the dock. And I was pretty much out of room. I, I mean, I, I'm like looking at the bait. I'm looking at her. I hate I'm that. out of room. So I can't do anything about it. And so I just stopped. I just paused the bait <laughs> and it sank probably, I don't know, three foot. And she just like slowly, slowly nose down to it. And wow. I mean, within like six inches of the bait, nose down, nose down. And about a foot off the bottom, when I say I gave it a twitch, it wasn't like the bait darted. <laughs> I mean, you can hit a bait soft enough so that all it does is kind of just rock. It just kind of shimmies. Yeah. Yeah. So I just like just barely touched that bait and she just opened her mouth and sucked it in. <laughs> and that oh was it. God. I set the hook and I mean it's just such a cool bite to watch. And and you know, I thought for sure that that either number one, she wasn't gonna eat the thing because she had no interest, or number two, she was gonna see me and say, Yeah, uh, enough of this, you know. <laughs> Didn't fool me this wow. time. Um yeah, so anyway, so I got a good hook in her and uh yeah, it was a pretty short fight, and uh, got down and shoved a hand in her face, and that was it. And uh, man, I was shaking like a leaf. I had uh, I had read your post the other day, and you said that 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 spot gets quite a bit of pressure. That's uh, that's what you had said in the post. And uh, yeah. I think so. That, so that, that lake is a camp. It's a, oh. it's a camp <laughs> yeah. And so I mean, literally for for six seven months a year, there there are kids lining the bank just beating the ever-living <laughs> crap out of them fish and uh, i mean every every fish that you catch has like three holes in its mouth kind of, kind of thing oh um but you know if you get there get in there in the pre-spawn and, and when i say get in there it's a it's a private body of water it's private property it's a private camp i work there i i teach fishing on, on nights and weekends uh, and, yeah. and my wife is a director at the camp so i uh i get to ride up there once in a while and uh fish around a little bit and uh yeah there's a there's like thousands and thousands of 10 inch bass in that lake and there's like six fish that are 
five to, you know, Lord knows how much, 10 pounds, 11 pounds. And uh, oh. you catch them in the springtime, they get up cruising the banks and you can kind of see them and watch them and see how they reactivate. And uh, yeah, it's a fun little test tank for me. I, I think that has something to be said. There is something to be said about uh, a swim bait, whether it be a, a glide bait or a, a swimmer, wake bait, whatever. But uh, there can be there can be bodies of water that are pressured, and if you throw that bait in there, there's a possibility that there's a fish that of, of caliber you didn't even know was there that is going to be interested in your bait because it's just nothing it's ever seen before. And uh, yeah, I think that I think that's uh, a pretty something that kind of roped me into it. It's like I live up in the middle of BFE, northern Michigan. Nobody's going to drop more than seven dollars on a bait, like. Is it, is this going to be a tool in my arsenal, or am I going to waste fifty bucks? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a good point. You know, I I feel the same way. Even just you know fishing down a bank, um, you know, conventional fishing, you feel like oh somebody already beat it up. You know, I'm never going to get bit here. But you know, you throw a swim bait in your hands, and and all of a sudden you're fishing for a different fish, right? You're, yep, you're yeah. fishing for a fish that's triggered by different things. And so, you know, I, I have no problems fishing behind somebody with a big bait. And, uh, you know, if there's something about, you know, the size of the action that, that just triggers some of these fish and, and, you know, kind of short circuits that brain a little bit. And, uh, you know, granted, you're not going to go out and have a 30 fish day like you would on a jerk bait in the pre-spawn. Yeah, but, yeah. but uh, you know, you're fishing for a different type of fish, a different quality of fish, a different caliber of fish, you know, that that thinks different you know i think that these fish when they get bigger and bigger they're they're keyed in on and they're triggered by different things and i think that for whatever reason that the swim bait talks to those fish a little bit more yeah. yeah i actually i bought a roman made negotiator probably two or three years ago probably yeah probably about three years ago and uh my peer that i fish there's always a lot of people that are live lining gobies and live lining shiner minnows and stuff from the bait shop and uh, so you stand on the edge of the pier and there's this big boulder, probably about 25 yards out there. And I was just kind of testing them in this bait. First day I had it and I was like, oh, this thing, this thing's cool. Like first, first Roman made bait I ever had and kind of zipped it out there, two or three casts, nothing. Casted it a fourth time and I was kind of just, kind of just chopping it along. And uh, I watched probably four fish come up and two of them went at it at the same time. I ended up catching one that was, that was my biggest one, biggest fish for a while on a swim bait. It was like, 20 and a half inches and everybody's like oh my gosh i can't believe you caught that and like deep down i'm like holy piss like i can't believe i just caught that thing but uh <laughs> that it's just that's just always have been always been my mentality like i can go to a park pond and i mean i'm not worried that i'm gonna skunk because that's always that's a possibility more so than catching a fish but i'm like nobody nobody's presented this bait or bait this style in front of these fish so like i kind of feel like I'm not, I don't necessarily have a one up, but I kind of have a leg up on these fish relative to just, just your regular angler showing up to fish there too. <clears throat> yeah. That, that's kind of the same thing here. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's a couple of guys that throw swim baits, um, but you know, it, it's, it's a very small minority, you know, it's, it's not like in California where these fish have been beat on by swim baits for what, 15 years, 20 years almost yeah, now, geez. you know, can't, so, can't imagine. so we're, we're kind of. You know, it really is making its way to the East Coast, and uh, you know, it's a cool thing. I, 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 frankly, I don't think it's a bad thing that there's more people throwing swim baits. You know, I think it's a, it's a cool community and a good community, and there's a lot of good folks involved. And 
you know, I've made some great connections and uh, have certainly been blessed to have the opportunity to to fish a lot of these baits and, and meet a lot of these uh, builders and, and, you know, work on R&D and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I think it's a cool thing that, that more folks just want throwing swim baits and, uh, you know, frankly, I hope it continues to go that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, well, when my first couple of years, I got, I got razzed on a lot by all my friends and then they started kind of getting interested and they'd buy shine glides and stuff. And I I was, I won't, I won't lie. I was kind of upset. Um, not necessarily that it was like, uh, I kind of felt like it was an exclusive club and then I kind of sat on it for a year and I'm like, what, I mean, what does it matter that, that, that bait that they're buying doesn't fish like my baits, like they can, they can figure that bait out. Um, I have these baits, like I think not necessarily that these baits are better, but I know how to fish these baits. And, uh, I, I mean, it's a fish. It's, it's not like I'm winning any money going out and fishing on a Thursday night with my friends. I just, uh, it was kind of a jealousy thing at first. And then the, the older I got, I was like, what, what does it matter? Like this fish is either going to bite my bait or it's not, I can't control whose bait it bites. It's whatever. <laughs> well, you know, the other thing too, is that, you know, you fish a 250, I fish a 250. I guarantee you, I can't fish a 250 the way you fish a 250. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. and likewise, you know, we we all kind of fish different and kind of figure out our own things. And and uh, you know, at the end of the day, swim baiting is kind of quote unquote cool now, right? It's yeah, kind of yeah. a it's kind of a growing thing. And you know, I mean, we see it more and more mainstream. I, I don't know if you follow Bassmaster, you know, some of the big tournament series now, but yep. you know, we're seeing more and more of these guys. Yeah, Zaldane is a huge guy you know, doing the swim bait deal and, and uh, Avina catching that it was like a nine something in MLF on a, uh, on a KGB, the, uh, yeah, the legend, yeah. you know, that made that bait explode, you know, go through the roof. But, uh, you know, I think it's a cool thing. I, and, and really for these, for these builders, it's a great thing for, for them. You know, I mean, the swim bait community is growing, but realistically it's still small, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So now that it now that it's becoming a more of a mainstream thing, I think more of these guys can can actually make a living doing this. And and um, you know we've seen it with obviously with with Mike, you know with Buka, with Bullshad, yeah. and we've seen it now with with KGB and Kevin. I mean he's he's I mean selling more baits than he can pump out. I mean it's he, amazing yeah, exactly. how fast they've grown. And and uh, you know so it's it's uh, it's it's cool to see some of these you know pros figure it out too. And obviously you know it's still a tool, right? It's not something you're really going to go out and, and dedicate a full day of tournament fishing to i mean granted there's yeah. probably you know some freaks you know steve kennedy clear late kind of day where you can go out and do it but uh you know it is cool to see it go mainstream and uh see the community grow fun fact i do the uh the Bassmaster elite fantasy series with a couple of my buddies and unfortunately i always pick Zaldane just because i know he's like he's he's got a big bait tied on like he could win this one and uh that's my downfall. I, I never, I never score a lot of points with him lately for the last year, but uh, yeah, like when, when word gets out about these pros using these baits, obviously these pros have a little bit more reach than you and I do um, a little bit more bigger of a following. So when, when XYZ bait gets figured out that this guy's fishing and he caught a 25 pound bag on day three and you're like, Holy crap. Like I, I could go do that. Like why, why don't I pick up this bait? And um, like you said, it, it's great for these builders because it uh, it brings a demand for their baits. Not saying necessarily that it wouldn't happen before, but if uh, if somebody goes out and fishes your baits and puts on a clinic and it brings people to you, that's that's awesome. Uh, I don't I don't really know how uh, what is it 
Tater Hog. Yeah, yeah, uh, Matt McKeith. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't really know how his baits, how his drops work, or if it's an open store shop or whatever. But uh, I'm surprised that uh, Chris fishing his baits kind of hasn't blown it up more. But it, it also that Hog Father he he fishes is probably like a what like a two hundred twenty five two hundred fifty dollar bait. So that might be a kind of a deterrent for some people too. <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah, the painted ones are two fifty, and the foiled ones are, I think, two seventy five or two eighty five. Um, yeah, the, no, the 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 Hogfather's got pretty hard to get for a for a short amount of time after that tournament that that Zelda and caught those fish on. Yeah, that, um, uh, Lake Fork tournament. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Tater's got a has got a website, um, and and he's not big on the social media stuff, but he just you know drops on the website, and you kind of have to keep an eye on it if you want to bait. Um, but you know, he's also not one of these guys that is really interested in pumping out hundreds of baits. You know, I mean, it, they're as hard as they are to get. You know, just regularly, then Zeldin, you know, using them obviously becomes a little harder to get. Um, but also, the yeah. hard five is, is a little bit out of the range of what you know conventional guys are probably going to be jumping headfirst into. Then, yeah, like a, like a KGB, a Chad Chad, or or a, even even a legend. You know, you you grab your heavy flipping stick and you can. Maybe not throw them well, but you can throw them without much issue, right? But yeah, uh, you can father, Yeah, you know, Hogfather's six ounces. You know, I mean, it's it's a good size bait. So, and uh, kind of even going off of what you said about like uh, these guys not necessarily dropping a ton of baits. Like Andrew Hinkle, for anybody who doesn't know, he uh, he doesn't drop a whole ton of baits, uh, and the weight the weight is definitely worth the baits, but. That's a bait that he probably drops maybe like 200 a year. That's just guesstimating. I don't know how many drops he does. But I know, like, especially right now, uh, Hinkle's a well-sought-after bait. And you can tell by the prices and what people are asking for it that, uh, that, that everybody wants it, especially not saying it's just because uh, Milliken fishing his videos, but I think that has a big, a big uh, gravitational pull around the whole scenario right now. Yeah, well, and... and- and whether it's Milliken or, or anybody else, yeah, if you've got somebody that has a platform, has a following, and is consistently catching that caliber of fish on any bait, that bait's going to become hot. I mean, it, it, you yeah. know, another example um, was was a lewd, right? A lewd, I guess what three years ago, you could buy a lewd wooden rat for retail or less on the website without any issue at all, and uh, <laughs> you know, and then and then. Um, Will Will I can't remember his last name. Will Martin, caught, you know, catches that ten or eleven on that rad, and and, yeah. and all of a sudden it's just it's the next bait. You know, I, I think that for whatever reason as fishermen, we're uh, we almost get caught a little bit in the mindset of like, oh, you know, this bait must do something special if oh, it can catch 100%. that fish. hundred percent. But at the end of the day, the guys that catch those fish are the ones that are grinding. They are out there. They're putting in the time. They're putting in the effort. You know, there is there is no such thing as a magic bait. There, there is not a swim bait in this world that is going to quote unquote catch bait, catch fish for you. It's just it doesn't happen. You know, um, and so you know, I mean, it is what it is. Um, you know, but uh, I think at the end of the day, you know, guys figure out the baits that work for them, learn those baits well. You know, pick five or six baits that you are super into, that you think are cool, that you think look nice and have a pretty paint job, and go and fish the crap out of those baits. Learn the baits, 
learn how the fish react to them. You know, that's how you become a better fisherman. You, you don't become a better fisherman buying swim baits or, or buying the latest and greatest swim bait, right? So. Exactly. Um, like I said, when I first started and I went on that binge of buying stuff, I was just buying stuff because I know new people were selling it and I knew people caught fish on it. And then uh, I kind of thinned out the herd a little bit, started fishing the baits that I owned. And I'm like, and I, I caught a few fish. And I'm like, wow, like, I wonder if I go back tomorrow and if I do this differently, catch a few more fish on it. And I'm like, uh, three days later, I, I have 20 fish caught on this one bait. And I'm like, wow, like, I've come this far on this bait. Why, why, why didn't, why not do that with all these other baits I own and kind of learn the situation, the scenario and the location for these baits. And it, it makes it just that much more efficient instead of just going out there and hucking around a six ounce bait and getting yourself tired. Yeah. I'm, you know, I've, I've fished and owned probably in the hundreds of post swim baits at this point. And I actually fish like, 10 of them, you know, 12 of them. And, and the, yeah. the ones that, the ones that I fish, I've got like four of them or five of them. And, right. you know, everything else is just like, you know, again, but just like yourself, I mean, I bought everything and anything thinking that it was going to be the magic bait that was going to solve the problem that I was having. And, you know, 98% of the time that just wasn't the case. And, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and the baits that I fish, you know, that, that I have confidence in fishing, they're not any better than anything else, right? They don't ultimately swim that much different than anything else. It's just that I have confidence in the baits. I know how to control them. I know how to work them. And, and, and I know that if I'm in a situation where I need to make this bait do a certain thing, I can do it, right? Yeah, so, exactly. You know, I've been doing the opposite. I've been getting rid of all the stuff that, I mean, there's nothing that drives me more crazy than having baits that sit around and collect us, right? Right. They're good baits that can catch fish, and somebody else is going to be more happy with that bait than I. So I'm going to sell it. You know, I, I don't need to just have stuff to have stuff. And, you know, I'm not really into the collector thing. I mean, again, if you want to collect baits, more power to you. That's awesome. People collect trains, people collect baseball cards. If you want to collect swim baits, awesome. Do it. Right. Not for me. Right. So I don't know. I just, for me, it's, it's really helped to just learn a couple baits. Yeah, really good with those baits. And exactly like you said, like if this bait's just sitting in my bait wrap, sitting in my box, sitting in my rod locker, like that that's that's how I am. I'm like, uh, if this thing isn't getting any use for me, I don't I don't have any right to have it. Like if I can send it to somebody, sell it to somebody and they'll they'll fish it and they'll catch fish on it, they'll cash checks, they'll catch a PB on it, like what that it gives me no right to hold on to this thing. Um when I got out of fishing briefly, I sold my Hinkle trout and my mother. And uh, I sold my Hinkle trout for like 150 bucks, and I sold my mother for 125. And uh, and it was just like I, I don't these baits. I know somebody will catch fish on them. I've caught fish on them here. Uh, I I don't they don't need to sit on my bookshelf. Luckily, I sold my Hinkle trout to a really good friend, and he's selling it back to me. Um, hopefully, he ships it tomorrow. But I'm really excited about that one. But that mother uh, for anybody who isn't aware those Roman maids are all made out of wood. I'm sure a lot of people know that. And uh, I don't know, I don't know if uh, Jason's had any Roman maids that are like really tore up, but this mother was like rash, rash to piss. And uh, I would fish it and it, it would fish fine. And then probably about after an hour or two, it would start taking on water and it kind of start to <laughs> swell up a little bit. And so uh, I was like, there's, if somebody else can fish this, I don't want it. I mean, it's a good bait for that first two hours and you got to let it dry out. 
and uh, I ended up selling it to a musky guy, and uh, he, he's yet to fish it because he broke the rod that he was going to fish it on, but I'm excited <laughs> to see him catch fish on it. Yeah, well, you want to talk about a bait with drawing power. Holy cow. That that mother, I've never seen more fish follow a bait than yeah. that than the romaine mother. I mean, it's, it's almost to the point where it drives me nuts throwing the thing because yep. I know that I'm going to see fish that just scare me. It's just like, holy cow, that fish lives in this lake. And uh, yeah. I haven't I haven't been able to trigger one yet, um, but it's coming. It's 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 uh it will happen at some point. I I, uh, I enjoy that bait. They're a little inconsistent. I've had a couple that are that are like super super nice, swim awesome. I've had a couple that are you know don't swim bad, but you know I think that that's part of the nature of the beast with any wood bait is that yeah. Like those yeah. And, um, I'm sure, I'm sure you knew, knew this. Um, uh, I was watching a video the other day, that video of the guy that cuts that, uh, Roman made chaser in half. And yeah, I was Marlin very surprised. Bait. Yeah. Marlon, I was very surprised to find out that that bait is two sides glued together. He started cutting into it and he said that I was like, no way. And then he cut it open. I was like, holy crap. Like it, it just blows my mind that, um, they're able to do that on a, uh, quote, consistent level and be able to pump out the baits they do and be able to carve these baits. So they all look as close as they can for a bait being carved like that. And it's just, that that's a kind of bait that I don't necessarily feel bad for fishing, but it's just like, like, wow, like I'm, I'm casting this bait around that this guy probably took eight to 10 hours to make. Like, that's crazy on, on the other side of the world, mind you, like, um, it, it's just crazy to sit back and think about some of this stuff. Like, uh, you got like, I'm trying to think. like your kgbs you're just like wow like a guy made this uh, i bought it and now i'm fishing it and i i'm gonna catch my pb on it like it, it's just it's wild to think about the whole the full cycle with a bait yeah i, I uh I, I enjoyed that video with the chaser I, I will burst your bubble a little bit if you pay attention to that video uh-huh. you'll notice you'll notice there's a couple of i guess they're kind of like circles they're almost what looks like they could have been dowels inside the bait. Yeah, those 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 little peg hole type deals. Yeah, so so the baits is I, I can't tell you this for fact, but I'm pretty positive the baits are actually made CNC. in like a like a CNC machine. Yeah, yeah, that's what I figured. And, and so what they do is those those dowels are used, like you said, to line up the two halves. Um, and then I, they're probably hand finished in, in like the, um, you know, the, the gill features, for instance, they, they yeah. all look kind of a little bit different on each one. Uh-huh. Um, so I think the finishing is, is done by hand, but uh, the bait itself is, is made on, on some sort of machinery. You know, I think that it brings another kind of good, you know, good point of discussion is these guys, some of these builders using technology to, to build some of these baits is unbelievable how they're, they're doing some of this stuff and you know it's yes a lot of baits are made you know by hand carving a master and making your own your own molds and pouring your own resin that kind of thing but there's more and more guys now that, that get smart and automating the process using yep. you know machinery and that kind of thing to, to make these baits that are unbelievable you know i mean just a simple fact of, of what Roe is doing right now in terms of doing the 3d scanning and you know making mm-hmm. monsters that are that are perfectly symmetrical and can you know make yeah. it that can, that can last for a, a long time you know the, the industry is, is changing it's becoming a lot more 
advanced. I mean, we're seeing, you know, I think that we're as anglers benefiting because we're getting more consistent baits. These builders can make more of them. Um, you know, I mean, obviously there's, there's certainly something to be said about the guys that are making them one at a time, you know, uh, sneaky rats, for instance, you know, that Brady literally carves those baits out of wood by hand, you know, one at a time or, uh, look, Brady is a, another great example. I mean, just the amount of time and effort that goes into that stuff. But, you know, also, you know, the, the, the swim bait world is changing and, and some of these guys are getting smart and, and really taking the, the build process to a whole other level that uh, we haven't seen before. Yeah. I think single-handedly, I think it's row technologies. Yeah. Row, I think yeah, row guys, innovation. Yeah. Innovations. That's what it is. I think those guys have single-handedly kind of made the garage builder the next step up, kind of evolved them a little bit. And what those guys do is so badass. And I think, uh, I think, Paying for that, I think, is worth every cent of it to have your bait not necessarily look like uh, a production bait, but definitely, definitely look a lot more professional as if you were just carving a, a wooden master and molded that. Yeah, I mean, certainly a lot more refined, and and it's um, it, it's you know, there's a there's a plus to a minus and everything, right? So obviously, the plus again is you're getting baits that are super refined, you know, very very. Uh, realistic uh they swim well now the drawback is that it allows everybody to now be a swimway builder right yeah. and, and i'm not <laughs> saying that, that everybody shouldn't be allowed to be a swimming bait maker but you know i think that there is some ability now to go to a row for instance with with an idea with a concept maybe with a uh, an unfinished master um, and get out a bait that is you know, that swims as good as the swimming builder that's been perfecting his technique for 10 years, right? Yeah. So, you know, uh, again, there's pluses and minuses. Yeah. Not, not to knock row at all. I mean, I think that what they're doing is, is awesome and it's good for the industry. Um, you know, but it, it, is, it is hurting the guys that have spent the time and the resources and the money. Yeah, you, uh, and I think that there's there's some uh, something to be said about those guys. You saying that, I I guess I never really thought about it in that light that somebody could take a Sunday afternoon and carve half half a side of bait uh, with some kind of feature on it that makes it quote unquote unique and send it in, pay the price tag, and now they have a a complete swim bait mold that is kind of crazy to think about that i'm not going to call it a shortcut but they have access to that resource that these guys like you said that have been doing it for 10 20 years didn't have before until now well and, and again like you said the access to the resource and it's not just not just row that we're talking about i mean realistically you can go out tomorrow and buy a 3d printer that you can set up in your spare bedroom <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if you if you want to, you can go ahead and start making pretty much asymmetric or pretty much symmetrical, perfect, quote unquote, perfect masters in like thirty minutes if you have some skill of, of you know, CAD and and you know, make your master, do some testing, and then from there mold it. I mean, granted, it's not that easy, but yeah. you know, the resources and the technology are there that that you can do that stuff. And you know, I think it's had a lot of benefits as well. I mean, you look at uh, a burrito baits, for instance. I mean, you, you look at those baits, and it's pretty obvious that they're 
the masters were made on a 3D printer. You know, you can see the print the print lines that are in the molds. Yep. Um, yeah. So you know, it's it it has opened a lot of doors to guys that you know maybe aren't you know woodworkers or carvers, and you know certainly I'm I'm not one of those people. Um, you know that now can can make those baits. So you know, again, I'll get off my high horse here, but uh, I, just like anything else, there's pluses to it. There's negatives to it. You know, I, I don't mind that baits are more accessible and are maybe a little bit cheaper. Um, that's always a cool thing. Um, yeah. But, you know, just like anything else, we we as a consumer have the power here and we can decide what we want to spend our money on and what we don't. And, uh, you know, some guys think it's cool. Some guys, you know, want to support the guys that have been around forever and both are fine. And, again, spend your money how you want. So, I think the uh, the whole swim bait world is kind of a revolving uh, revolving door for ideas relative to uh, you see like River to Sea come out with this new brand new bait called the Whopper Plopper, and then you have uh, Berkeley come out with a bait called uh, what is it? Yeah, the Chopper. The Chopper. Chopper. Yep. And uh, you're like, hey, that looks a lot alike. And uh, kind of the swim bait world, like I said, with that revolving door, there's always it seems for the past ten years, there's always a revolving uh, door that just brings in new ideas that uh that brings like hey like i did this with a bait because nobody's ever done it before like i i made i made xyz different because i think that it would fish better or i made a new hinge system i made a new weight system uh uh just just all sorts of different stuff and i think it's kind of the competition to breed um new ideas is something that i'm not going to say the conventional side of things doesn't have but I think there's a lot more originality in the swim baits that we see. And it may just be because there's not 47 big brands that are making these baits. Uh, it's just, it's guys in garages that are building these baits, obviously, and they don't have uh, the type of competition that those big name brands do. But I just, I've always thought that's one thing that kind of sets this aside from the normal conventional fishing and the normal conventional brands. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. You know, at the end of the day, there's infinite ways to build a mousetrap with that being said yeah. we're also trying to you know represent a fairly limited amount of forage so right so we're making baits that look like trouts that look like gills that look like shad and you know maybe a couple others that, that don't come to mind but you know at the end of the day, it is it is hard to make stuff that's quote-unquote original right and and I think it, it, in some ways, and you've seen it, I'm sure, is is that you know guys at times want to capitalize a little bit on on successful shapes or or a successful yeah. this or that, you know, and so that that does happen. Um, certainly not to the level that you see in the in the conventional tackle world, um, but you know, I think the impact is also bigger. So you know, we're not talking about you know company X ripping off company Y and they're both multi-million dollar companies and they'll both be okay. You know, yeah. we're talking about some guy that's spent the last X amount of years in his garage and, you know, thousands of dollars making his own molds and, you know, tweaking his baits this way and that way. And then somebody comes along and, and, you know, kind of steals that IP, right. That, that kind of rubs yeah. me the wrong way, you know, because it's somebody, it's, it's a person that you're impacting, right. It's somebody that's, yeah. that is doing this in their spare time and uh, yeah actually have an effect on the person and uh, so that's, right. that's cool but again to, to your point there is a lot of innovation there's 
always new baits coming out. Um, you know, and that's kind of what makes the swimwear review thing fun is that is that I get to play with the latest and greatest toys that come out all the time. So it's fun for me. Yeah, and uh, like you said, there's only so much forge to uh, to imitate as far as a swim bait goes. And uh, like you said, a shad looks like a shad. Um, I mean, it's just it's all it all comes down to a trout looks like a trout, and a bluegill looks like a bluegill. There's uh, there's no distinctive. Uh, so like trout don't have anything distinctive from one region to another from the west coast to the east coast i mean it's 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 a fish there's only one kind of diversion from them and i think that's kind of what a lot of people get hung up on is uh this bait looks like that bait and it's like okay they look alike but they have a different hinge system the uh the joint cut is different the joint placement is completely different and the biggest thing is that they swim completely different like it it may look like the same bait but the function and yeah, the function and the results from the baits are not the same. This bait's going to float these people's boats, and this bait's going to float this other group's of people's boats. Like, it's it's something that people kind of need to uh, understand, I think. Yeah, and, 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 you know, even in the same bait, you can, you know, with different tunings and different tweaks, you yeah. can make the same bait fish in two completely different ways. You know, the DRT. Yeah, I mean, even even just a, a glide bait with a lingual pin and, and some spoons, right? Yeah, it will only turn on itself and stay, you know, within its own body length. And that same bait can also glide three foot to one side or the other with, you know, two or three turns of a screw eye, right? So, yeah, uh, you know, I think it's a good point to make that all these baits do swim a little different, you know, and and looking at a picture on an online forum doesn't really tell you the full story there yeah yeah um so kind of circling back to the review thing so like you said you have 90 some posts uh majority of those are uh garage built uh smaller company baits right like you haven't you don't really do the high production uh well like a s waiver or the guggen contender bait or anything right yeah i i haven't but i should um, yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you, you know, I, I should, um, because, you know, I think that those baits are number one, obviously they're a lot more accessible, uh, yeah. but number two, it's, it's probably the baits that, you know, first time, you know, curious about swim baits, want to get into that world. You know, those are the baits that those guys are going to buy. Um, oh, exactly. so yeah, I mean, I mean, I should, I should do them. Um, I just haven't. And, and at some point I, I, I will, um, you know, I, I guess I, I get asked a lot how the swim baits, you know, show up on the video, right? How, how do I select this bait or that bait or or what's kind of the criteria or what, you know, what have you. So I'll kind of break that down for you in a couple of different ways. Yeah, I was actually um, going to ask that. Perfect. So, so my number one rule is I don't take free baits. Um, do companies reach out to me and say, hey, we want to send you a bait. We want to get our bait on review. Yeah, that happens all the time, um, and I don't do that. I, I don't take free baits. The way that I choose uh, a swim bait is number one, is that people are going to be interested. And when I say people, I mean you know folks on the swim bait forums, on the swim bait universe, or on underground, you know, some of the other platforms that. Uh, yeah. 
I kind of try to keep a close eye on, you know, what's what are people talking about? What are people interested in? What just got dropped? Number two is, can I get my hands on it? So probably 95% of, let's say 90% of the baits that are on the videos, I own the money. I've paid cash money, full retail or more uh, to buy these baits. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's two kind of exceptions to that. One exception is I'll borrow baits from some of my buddies from time to time. So, I mean, you know how hard it is to get some of these more high-end baits, you know, limited production. Yeah. Some of my buddies will have them. Um, or, you know, somebody on one of the forums will reach out, shoot me a PM and say, hey, you know, I've got bait X. You want to borrow it for a couple of weeks? And um, so I do that on occasion. And then the only other time where I guess you could make the argument that I'm taking a quote-unquote free bait um, before the universe gathering events, um, you know, there's a handful of makers, more than a handful of makers that uh, are generous enough to donate baits to Wayne and somebody universe for the raffle. And so what we'll do is is I'll have the makers send me the baits first and mm-hmm. I'll shoot video of them and then I'll just turn around and sell them to them. So right. I haven't quote unquote paid for the baits, um, but I'm also not getting anything from it, if you will. Yeah, exactly. um, it's the middleman. So yeah, so that's kind of really the criteria. Um again, if if I think that people are interested in the bait, interested in the company, and I can get a hold of it. Odds are that I'm going to try to make a video of it. Um, yeah. Well, the other the other part of it is, and I hope this I hope this doesn't sound like um, I hope this doesn't sound arrogant, and I'll try to say it in a way that that maybe isn't or that you understand. But you know, the the reviews have gotten to a point and and have gained a reputation uh, where, in some way, shape, or form, just me having the bait on the review is in some way an endorsement of that bait or an endorsement of that company, right? I'm saying that, you know, this is a bait that I think the community wants, the you know, the community wants to see, and I think this is a good builder or, you know, I, I'm not saying that, but I think that it can be kind of construed that way of, of yeah. hey, company X, you know, their baits on swim bait reviews, and that must mean that they're a company or a well-known. You know, so I do have to be careful at times of, you know, looking at and seeing, you know, if if somebody were to watch this video and then decide, hey, that's a bait that I think is cool, I want to go buy it. I want to make reviews where they're going to go buy that bait and then they're going to get that bait, right? Mm-hmm. So I have to be a little careful about, you know, the companies that, that are that are on the reviews as well, but you know that's that's a very very small minority of of the companies out there. So. Yeah, right. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Uh, I kind of know the answer to this because I've heard. Uh, do you ever receive any constructive criticism slash backlash from some of these bait makers that are like, uh, you <laughs> you fish my bait with? Feathered trouble hooks. Uh, there's a reason it doesn't come like that. It doesn't swim like that. Like you're you're trying to screw me over. Um, do you have that often at all, other than one one or two times maybe? Yeah, sure. And, and I'm I'm certainly more than happy to talk about that specific situation. Uh, with that being said, I don't really care. Um, yeah, right. I, like like okay. So so here's the reality of the situation. I have a page with a couple thousand followers. I could care less if there was one follower, if there was 20,000 followers. 
I, I don't make the videos for that reason. Um, I make zero dollars and zero cents. In fact, it costs me money to make these videos because I've got to buy the baits. Yeah, so there's, exactly. there's, there's no financial incentive for me. There's uh, the only reason that I truly make videos is because it's fun for me. I enjoy it. It's it's like a cool hobby for me that, you know, I don't have time to fish all the time, but I do have time to run down the lake for 20 minutes and shoot a couple of videos. You know, it's, it's, yeah. I, I enjoy that. I, I'm kind of a nerd at heart in terms of, you know, trying to figure out exactly what makes certain baits do certain things and what have you. It, I, I like to tweak things, you know, for me, it's just enjoyable. So yeah, it, it keeps you it, around the sport as a whole. Like you get to go out and do this stuff and other people get to kind of gain knowledge from it. <clears throat> exactly. And, and so now with that being said, all of my videos before they're ever released, you know, before I have a Sunday post and it goes out, my videos go to probably 10 to 12 guys. Um, and these are guys that know their way about this around the swimming world. They may have fished that bait before. Um, they generally can give me some pretty good feedback and saying, Hey, you know, the video looks, looks accurate. You know, that's how my bait swam. Um, yeah. or at times I say, Hey, you know, maybe you want, may want to relook at that or you missed a retrieve or, you know, what have you. So, so uh, that's kind of my way that I can kind of make sure that I'm putting out decent videos. Um, because at the end of the day, I watch all my videos and they all kind of look the same to me. Um, it's kind of hard for me to really see, you know, like, hey, that's that's a good video and you showed that bait in an appropriate way. Yeah. So that's kind of how I how I make sure that I'm doing things, you know, semi decent way. Um, but with that being said, if I have a bait that I get in, I fish, and either a it looks like you know looks like crap, or there is something that is actually wrong with the bait, which happens. Um, I reach out to the maker. I say, hey, this is what I'm experiencing. This is what I've seen. You know, should this bait swim this way? And sometimes they say, yeah, that's how it swims. And the video goes out and everybody's happy. Um, and sometimes they say, hey, you know, I, I'm sorry. I think you got a dud. I think there's something wrong with that bait. Um, and so, I, so I've exchanged a bait with maybe, I think it's maybe happened twice, where, where uh -huh. I've reached out to a maker and said, hey, you know, I'll be honest with you, I just don't think this is right. Um, and send them the video as well. Um, but if if it's a if it's a quote unquote bad bait, I'm just not going to put the video out. Uh, yeah, I, right. There are so many good baits. There are so many good builders out there. I mean, I, I can stay more than plenty busy enough putting out videos of solid baits that are going to catch fish. Right. I, I I don't need the the controversy and I have no desire to, you know, beat on anybody or make fun of somebody's base or, you know, whatever. That's just not my thing. Would it probably be good for my viewership? Yeah, probably. You know, guys reach out all the time asking me, hey, when are you going to start making bad review videos? Like, yeah, it's just not my thing. You know? and yeah. So anyway, so with that being said, to go back to to what you're referring to with the uh, with the feather hooks. So, so what happened? And, and I'll I'll give you the the play by play of what actually happened. So, that was one of the, you know, I talked about ninety percent of the of the baits are mine on the videos. That was one of the ten percent where they where it wasn't my bait. So what happened was, a guy reached out to me, um, and said, hey, you know, I've got this three sixteen gill heavy floater. 
um, I want you to, or, you know, will you, you know, are you interested in shooting video? I said, sure. You know, the beta, at that time, the beta just come out. Um, guys are talking about it. And I mean, 316 is a, a big name, right? You know, I mean, everybody in the swim world has come across the baits. Um, and frankly, they make good baits. You know, they, they say what you want about Mickey or whatever. The baits are good baits, right? They, they yeah, swim exactly. well for the most part. They swim well. They perform well. They're made well. Finished well, good paint job on them. I mean, they're just you know, again, they're 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 good baits, they're solid baits, and he's been doing it for twenty years, right? So anyway, so what happened was a guy reached out to me and said, "Hey, you know, I've got this bait, and I want to have um, this guy that does PE assist hooks and and feather hooks. I want to have him put on." And so the way that worked out was that he sent it to the guy that threw the hooks on, and then the guy that threw the hooks on sent it to me. So I got the bait, uh, swam it for a while. I probably had it for, eh, let's say, three weeks, three, four weeks. So I, I fished the bait, and I swam the bait for, for probably four or five, six hours. I mean, and for all the videos, I, mean, I truly spend time with the baits. I, I'm a nerd. I, I really just enjoy figuring out these baits anyway so i make the video i sent it to the 10 or 12 guys that i sent it to the feedback was this is a good video the bait looks good you know uh, frankly i don't say this often but i thought the bait looked pretty good Um, so i put out the video didn't think anything of it and then that's kind of when the controversy started and first and foremost i absolutely 100 percent understand why 316 was not happening. I, I yeah. get it. You know, him him saying that it wasn't uh, a stock bait with stock hooks is 100% accurate. I get that. Right? So I, 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 I don't fault him for the reasoning behind why he was upset. What I do have an issue with is, is I try to carry myself in a professional manner. I have good relationships with, you know, most everybody in the community. I don't have, you know, it is what it is. If he would have approached me and said, hey, hey, Jason, you know, I don't think that that bait looks right. I don't think the bait swims right. You know, I really would prefer if you had shot the bait with stock hooks. I would have said immediately said, okay, no problem. Hold the video and we're done again. Right? Yeah. Simple as that. Um, unfortunately, that's not what happened. Uh, with that being said, again, I truly felt and still to this day feel that he was right in that the review didn't show the bait in its stock form, which which I almost always do. So I reshot the video, um, put the reshoot out, and that was it. And it was over with. And, you know, again, I don't. I don't really care if, if he's angry or whatever, that's fine. I've got no issue with that. To say that I am intentionally trying to make your bait look bad. That's where <laughs> I, that's where I kind of take offense because, yeah, you know, th- there is quite literally no reason or incentive for me to ever make any bait look bad. And, yeah, and, like, exactly. and like I said, uh, if, if, if I thought a bait looked bad, I wouldn't put out the video. I mean, go, go go on my ninety some of the videos and find a bait that looks that looks bad. 
right? You're not going to find it. It's just, yeah. it's not out there. So, you know, I was, I was a little bit blindsided, but it is what it is. And he's more than welcome to his opinion. And that's what he felt. And it is what it is. You know, I, I'm fine yeah. with it. I think uh, you holding no ill feelings toward him is uh, very, like you said, professionally you. And it shows that uh, if the, if the builder is unhappy with the video that, I mean, you'll, you'll switch it up for them. You'll take it down and you'll post it or you'll, you'll post how they, they tell you to swim it. And uh, I think that that does a lot of good, especially cause you don't throw that stuff out and you're like, no, like I swam it how I swam it. And that's just how it is. Uh, I think that does a lot of justice for you and for people who are looking at these baits cause they're going to get a head start on how they're going to take this bait out of the package. And they're going to be like, Oh, this is how Jason fished in the video and they'll fish it. And they'll be like, Oh, my fish like that. And that took the learning curve, not necessarily took the learning curve, but that took two trips that I would have had to do to figure out how these fish like it. And now I can kind of break it down from there. <clears throat> yeah. No, I try to hit, I try to hit all the retrieves. I, I go through kind of, you know, there's kind of six ish retrieves that I do on every single video. And, and for me, I, I try to keep consistency as much as possible. Um, that way that, you know, if you have seen some of the videos, you know exactly what you're going to get, right? Yeah. You're going to get, you know, these swims. I'm going to show you how the bait performs in the way that most people are going to fish that bait. And, you know, if, if when I'm messing with a bait, I find that there's a, a unique retrieve, um, that probably gets on video too. But at the end of the day, you're going to get generally the same product every single time. You're going to see what the bait swims like. And I'm going to say, you know, when, when I'm speaking or when I'm writing a review, I, all I'm doing is just explaining what I'm seeing, right? So yeah. you will never hear me say, this is a good bait. This bait's going to catch fish. Um, you know, you need to go out and buy this bait. You're never going to hear that from me because that's not the intention of the videos. All I care about is I want to show you accurately how the bait swims, how it performs, and how it reacts to certain inputs, you know, whether it's with the bottom. And then you for yourself decide, hey, you know, that's eight swims in a way that I think that I would like to fish and I want to buy it or I don't, right? I, I could care less if you if you buy or don't buy the baits that are on the reviews. It doesn't yeah. matter to me. Um, do I think it's cool that some guy sees my video and then reaches out to a maker and says, hey, I want to buy this bait and I saw it on a video and it looked pretty cool? Like, yeah, that's cool, but that's, you know, that's not why I make the videos either. Yeah, that's about as far as it goes for you. <clears throat> Um, kind of wrapping it up, if you had, if you got the opportunity to pick one of those baits that, uh, or either, even a couple, we'll say three of those baits that you've, uh, reviewed, what are your top three that you're picking? Your, your three favorite, the ones that you, you got for the review, you fish and you're like, like, damn, like this is a nice bait. Like I'm going to keep fishing this. <clears throat> you ain't going to get it out of me. Good luck. No, no. <laughs> so, so, um, Every and I think we touched on this. Every single bait that's on yep. the market is gonna catch fish. If you have find the baits that you're confident in, throw what you think will work. And if you learn the baits, if you learn the retrieve techniques, you learn how the fish react. You're gonna catch more fish. It doesn't. The baits don't matter. Right. So find you a couple of baits that you have confidence in that you like how they swim and go and fish them. Right. Spend time on the water. At the end of the day, that's going to make you a hell of a lot better fisherman than any bait on the market. Yeah, I think that's the the big message behind this episode is uh, 
is watch some videos, find find what you like, find what uh, your fish relate to, and try to replicate that to the, the best you can and to the best that uh, your fish will react to that. But I want to give a huge thank you for Jason for coming on today. Uh, we, this has been in the works probably about a week or two, and I, I appreciate him so much for coming on here. He uh, he's, he's a very unique guest, as like we said before, there's there's not many guys that post this uh post this library of baits for people to scroll through and to uh hand pick what they want before they even go search for the bait so i want to thank jason a ton i will uh <clears throat> i'll link his instagram account to the description i'll also you have a do you have a youtube channel where you post all these too yeah the youtube is just swim bait reviews two words and then okay, the instagram sure. is pretty underscore yeah I will put that in the description. So if you guys want or already, uh, if you guys aren't already following him, you can press that. And uh, like I always say, make sure that you guys give the podcast review on all the platforms. Give it five stars. Write it a review if you guys enjoy it that much. Make sure you're following. Uh, like I said, I want to thank Jason for coming on, and I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, is there anything else you want to add before we close her down? Well, I appreciate your time, Adrian, and uh, this was. Uh enjoyable chat for me i i can talk about swim baits for forever and you probably get sick of listening to me so i uh, appreciate it uh, let's do this again sometime next time yes. i want to talk about college fishing and okay, how yeah. swim baits apply to tournament fishing i think that'll be fun kind to uh, uh with you as well kind of going off that college fishing i have a few college guys who i need to get in contact with and set up some dates because they want to come on here and talk they've been on a few podcasts and I reached out to them and there's some sticks out there that have fish college and are fishing college that want to talk, but that is going to be another episode. I want to thank everybody for listening and I will talk to you guys next time. Thanks everybody.